Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and welcome to WCSU 411, the podcast that gives you an inside look at everything about Western Connecticut State University. Today's main guest is Danny McDonald. She's been the coach of field hockey here at Western Connecticut State, and she has built the team into a powerhouse. She's got a lot of returning seniors this year and returning juniors, and they're expecting to crush all the rest of the competition. At least that's what my prediction is. We're also going to hear from our provost, Dr. Missy Alexander, and of course, the highlight of the show, Chantel Williams, talking about all the events coming up. So now let's talk with Danny McDonald, the coach of the field hockey team. So Danny, you've been having a great season with field hockey so far, right? We have, yeah. We, um... We've looked forward to this season since we lost in the playoffs last year. Mm. We knew that we should have gone further last year, and we were very disappointed, which actually is a good thing. It's been kind of fueling our team over the past um, off season, and now during preseason and since the start of season. Um, we have six seniors on this year's squad, um, and... Um, some good, solid returners, 20 returning um, student-athletes, along with seven new players that we brought in. Um, so we have, well, actually, we're 19 returners, seven new players for 26 on our team, our biggest team that we've had since I've been here in my 15 years. So um, we're 5-1 and one currently. We lost a tough 2-1 to one match last week against Vassar College, who was ranked 6th in the nation. Mm. Um, so we're, you know, despite the fact that we didn't win, we were pretty pleased with the outcome and the things that we did well during the game. And we learned, um, you know, we were able to learn from that game and, and take some things and improve throughout practices as well. So we're looking forward to uh, the bulk of our season. We've played one league game so far. Uh, we played Plymouth State last week weekend and we beat them 2 nothing. Um and uh, on Saturday, we play our second league game. We play Westfield State up in Massachusetts. So we'll just take in it game by game, hoping for the best. Isn't uh, field hockey sometimes the scores are often uh, yeah. like 12 to 11 or something? No, like that? Actually, no, yeah. they're, they're not. It, it's, you know, if if the combined score is more than five, then that's, that's a high-scoring game. Um, typically, you know, it's each team typically has under five goals. Um, you'll get your anomalies. You'll get your games where you know maybe it's five nothing or six nothing or or four to four to two or things like that. But typically, it's uh, you know under five goals per team, depending on the competitiveness of the two teams together. A team like this that's doing so well has a lot of uh, good players on it. It's very competitive, right? Mm -hmm. These student athletes are out there uh, running at top speed and just trying to crush the competition for the entire match, right? Exactly. We, um, our players, you know, despite the fact that they are playing Division Three, there are no athletic scholarships for them. These players are very, very dedicated to the sport. Um, they love playing. They love being a part of a team. And they love working towards a common goal and being challenged day in and day out, whether it's at practice, in the classroom, or 
um, during games. Um, we last year boasted the highest team GPA in uh, the athletic uh, department, was something we're very proud of. Um, and also last year we um, had our best record in the league um, that we've ever had. So we do have a lot of high achievers. Mm -hmm. We also have a handful of girls that play more than one sport. So we have four uh, lacrosse field hockey and lacrosse players, and we currently have one field hockey and softball player. Um, so these young ladies are not only dedicated to field hockey, but they're dedicated to playing their other sport and also being a student athlete, being a, a, a somebody who um, excels on the field and in the classroom. And, you know, I think that's the best part about being a coach, um, you know, watching these young women succeed outside of sports and athletics, and then it just translates right back into their sport. Um, you know, watching them grow from a 17, 18-year-old freshman, um, kind of wide-eyed and, oh my goodness, what's going on? I don't know what's going on, to a confident, um, you know, 21, 22-year-old ready to go out into the world and make a difference in uh, in her community and in her family and with, um, you know, whatever profession that she chooses. So we do have um, wonderful student-athletes on our team. They work so incredibly hard. They put in extra hours as well watching film, um, you know, our games and learning and, and trying to be better every single day, better than they were the day before, not necessarily better than somebody else, but always making sure that they are improving day by day. How did you put that team together? How did it come? How does it come together uh, to get that great uh, combination? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, some luck. Sure. Um, you know, as a coach, when I'm recruiting, you know, I'm really looking for well-rounded individuals, um, young women who kind of know what they want, um, have a good head on their shoulders, um, are responsible, are accountable, um, and have some proven track record, whether it's in high school um, or in a sport that they played, on a team that they were played on. We really rely heavily on... Um, you know, coach or teacher or, you know, recommendations of individuals. Um, you know, how, how is this young lady in her, you know, in as how is she as a teammate? You know, is she a good teammate? Is she, is she um, strong? Is she helpful? Is she caring? Or is she, you know, selfish? Is she, you know, somebody that you don't, you can't rely upon? So, you know, when putting a team together, you really have to look at the individual and their character first, honestly. And then, um, you know, obviously skills and and uh, where they come from and their families, um, those are all secondary things as well. But truly character makes a difference. Um, you know, you want somebody who believes in what you're trying to do and somebody who believes in empowering their teammates. Um, and somebody who's not afraid to make a mistake and grow and be challenged. So, you know, those are all such important things when putting a team together. Um, you know, the winning will come, you know, but first you've got to be a good teammate. First you've got to have 
you know, be a good person, and then the rest, the rest will come um, after working hard, you know, on the field and learning. So, you know, I am lucky. Uh, I've, I am lucky. I've had such a really great group of individuals the past few years. Um, they enjoy one another, but they're not necessarily best friends off the field. But I mean, some are. Um, but others, you know, do their own thing, and I think that's great. I think it just makes them more versatile and more well-rounded, and when they come together on the field, they know that they're working towards one common goal, and that is to be successful and play their best, and hopefully that outcome produces a win. Aren't all coaches looking for that kind of uh... <laughs> You know, you would you would think so. Um, you would think so. I, I think sometimes in athletics – character sometimes gets lost um you know so many uh, coaches maybe not in my position but at the higher levels um and uh maybe you know at different sports the basketballs the footballs you know they've got to win mm-hmm. um they've got to win and you know maybe they're looking you know they're looking for that that player that can you know that can take over a game and get those wins for them. But, um, you know, unfortunately, if that, that player's character is not high um, or that player is not necessarily a, a good person or is maybe selfish, that could ruin the, you know, the vibe on the team. And regardless of the fact of whether he or she's a star player, you know, if, if your teammates aren't working towards a common goal and if they're not working together, um, you're not going to find the success. So, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately all coaches want good, you know, good kids, good players, good people. Um, but sometimes, you know, at the higher levels, I do think that that gets lost. And you do some team building things with hmm. your uh, athletes too, right? We do, yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> one thing I definitely like to speak about, our returners in August, 15 of our our 20 returners, we had the opportunity to travel to the Netherlands, Germany, and Belgium to play field hockey. We we, um, organized this trip for about a year and a half and fundraised. Um, Field hockey in Europe is basically the number, you know, two or three sport to to soccer and and cricket. Um, And field hockey is huge. Both male and females play it. Um, so we're like, you know, let's let's go. Let's take this this trip of a lifetime. So we went August 11th, uh, excuse me, 2nd through the 11th. Um, and we had 15 players, three coaches, and six parents and family members. And uh, we really went on a trip of a lifetime. We played four games over there. We practiced four times. We had a Dutch um, um, trainer with us who, who helped us practice um, the four times, along with my input as well. Um, we became gotten really close to him, so we still talk um, via Facebook, and I ask him, you know, for some good advice and drills. But um, And then we also went sightseeing and saw so many amazing things in those countries. Uh, we went down the Rhine River. We went to Amsterdam. Um, we went into small, quaint, little medieval towns and, and through castles and ruins. And um, it was a really wonderful bonding experience for, for our players. And when we came back, we basically started preseason that following 
you know, weekend. So it's been nonstop ever since. Um, and also with our team during uh, preseason, we took a trip to uh, an axe throwing uh, facility in Wallingford. Um, and that was just a lot of fun. We spent two hours learning how to throw axes at a target, uh, lots of laughs, lots of frustration, people thinking they were, they should have been better and it looked easy, but it really wasn't. Um, and you know, I think when you get a group of, of young women or, or teammates outside of their comfort zone or doing something, you know, that they're not used to, um, certain personalities, you know, will will come out, and uh, certain leaders will, you know, um, take the stage, and and they may be the di- they may be different people than lead on the field. You know, you might find you know a, a young lady on your team who's usually typically very quiet. Um, when she she gets in another situation doing something different, she really starts to take the lead and and starts to. Um, you know, help, uh, you know, teach other people how to do something that's different than than playing the sport that that we play every day. So, um, yeah, we do a lot of things together. The girls do some team stuff on their own as well. But, um, you know, we we like to think of ourselves as their their second family, their family at school. And um, us four coaches are there for our girls as well. We, um, you know, help them with everything from – from um, field hockey stuff to, you know, things on campus to academics, um, roommate issues or anything that they might be having trouble with. But ultimately, it's our job to make them a better individual than they were when they came here, came mm-hmm. here in the beginning. Yeah. How long have you been the coach here? I've been here for 15 wonderful seasons. Um I started the restarted the program in 2005. It had um been cut uh, for 14 seasons and so I restarted it back in 2005 um, and you know been here ever since and it's I'm very proud of you know how we started and where we've been in the journey um, and where we're going I'm very proud of all of our alums who are I'm still in touch with I mean that's one of my favorite parts as well Um, still being a part of their lives we have a, a, alumni come back each year and um, talk to our group, and, and we've had some alumni um, career panels as well where we bring alumni back and they speak to our current students about their career and how they got there. And really, you know, because ultimately, you know, when the, when the players leave, they, they're graduating and they're getting a job. Um, so you want to make sure that they are prepared and have the resources and mentors and contacts that they need um, to be successful out in the world and, and finding a profession and a career that they love. So, um, yeah, 15 years, I can't believe it. What a great program. Uh, do you get jealous of football and basketball for getting all the uh, headlines? And No, of course not. Um, I certainly, you know, good for them. You know, you know, they're they they have other things to deal with too. They're mm. always in the spotlight, and sometimes we fly under the radar, um, you know, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We, you know, we have our own field hockey community, and the people who play the sport in the in the area in Connecticut and Massachusetts and New York and New Jersey, where we recruit from, are you know are aware of our successes. Um, the things that we do, the clinics we run, the camps we hold. Um, and, 
you know, with the with the use of social media, I mean, you can be within a, a reach of of pretty much anybody around the world. Um, like I said, we, when we traveled over to Europe, I mean, we still definitely have a handful of people over there that, that watch our games because mm-hmm. they're allowed, you know, they can log on and watch our games live. Um, they watch our games. We get emails and, and messages from them. Great job, great game. We were watching it. Meanwhile, it's like, you know, two in the morning in, in Holland, but they're watching the game still. Um, so no, I certainly don't get jealous. Uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, our sport is, um, you know, obviously not as well known and not as many people play it, um, as would play soccer or basketball or softball or, or, um, you know, football, but, um, our sport is unique and, um, I think it, it really, is loved by so many people just in in the close area, and uh, they stay in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when's your next game again? We play. Um, we typically play once during the week and once on the weekend, but this week we do not play during the week, which is great because we were a little banged up from last weekend. Mm-hmm. But we play on Saturday. Um, we play at Westfield State in Westfield, Massachusetts, at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Um, it is our second league game. We have 13 teams in our league, the Little East Conference. Um, Castleton just joined us, making mm-hmm. us 13 last year. So we have a very, very large league. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you know, 12 league games a year, and we play 20, excuse me, 18 or 19 games in a season. So it doesn't leave much room for some extra games, Um, you know, non-conference games. We usually fit our non-conference games in in the beginning to get ready, Um, but we definitely have one or two still remaining um, throughout the season as well. But, yeah, we play at Westfield. Looking forward to it. We have some tough games coming up. I know um, we have a tough game coming up on Saturday. I think it's the 28th of September at home mm. against Southern Maine. Um, we beat them. It was a very close game last year, and, and they're um, ranked in the top five in the league, so it'll be a really, really competitive game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Mm. Southern Maine, I love beating them <laughs> in every sport. They're Is that just, right? They're you do. Or nemesis. Nemesis. Not Eastern Connecticut, just Southern oh, Maine. Oh, well, yeah, we yeah, hate them, them too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What a great program. I'm so happy we had you on here. And we'll bring you back on when you're the, uh, what, league champions or so. NCAA champions or something like that. My pleasure. Hopefully we don't have to wait too long for that. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Danny. We like to plug our other podcasts here at Western. Today we're going to talk about, Pete, what's it called? Gab and Grow. Oh, Gab and Grow, right. Mary Beth Griffin, she's been doing this podcast for a year. She works in residence life, knows everything that's going on on the campus. And uh, she's talking this week to the director of Veterans Affairs here on campus. It's only a month till Veterans Day, so it's a good time to gear up. And you'll hear Mary Beth's interview with the director, Kelly Visoke. Hey, Paul. Yes. I got yelled at this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Scott, let me have it because we forgot to mention that we stream all the football games live. Oh, yeah, we did. I forgot that. You're yeah. right. And so, we were talking to Joe Loth, the football coach. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, really opened up a can on me. Uh, so wcsu.edu slash live for all of your WestCon live streaming needs. And uh, the next 
you can watch last week's game and any previous game that we have up there. But uh, the next one that's going to be streamed live is Homecoming, which is October 12th. Homecoming's very exciting. At, the game starts at 5, but there are festivities all day. And I'm sure we'll be covering it again with Chantel and, yeah. and stuff talking about Homecoming. And Chantel will be in the audience there, so if the camera the camera will pick her up and you can um, kind of wave there to her. There we go. The we'll TV. do that. Yeah. yeah. You should bring we... the recorder and uh, interview her at the game. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and um, do we really care what Scott thinks? Yes, we do. He's Very a much. producer. Yeah, <laughs> he's my boss. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, then we do. WCSU.edu slash live. Dr. Missy Alexander joins us again. She's the provost and vice president for academic affairs here at Western Connecticut State University. Today, she's going to talk a little bit about how we teach students not just to pass their courses, but perhaps how we can help them slow down and become true thinkers. Mm. Okay, so today I'm talking about an idea I've been tossing around, you know, I've talked to a few faculty about over the past couple of years, which I like to summarize as Project 100. And Project 100 is really about reconceptualizing our 100 level and largely first year oriented courses to help students transition learning styles and learning assumptions from their high school experience to their college experience. So what do I mean by this? I mean college, uh, high school experiences are provided to students a lot of checklists, a lot of exam-driven curriculum, a lot of structure, a lot of opportunities for you know, extra credit, all sorts of things. But a, a lot, even though that's it, there are active things that go on in high school learning. There's also a lot of still receiving information. I would observe to you that we have no need for receiving information, at least not at the 100 level. Information is everywhere. Our primary task is helping students figure out what to do with information. So if we think about first-year courses and wanted to say this is fundamentally different from high school, what we want to do is say it's all about the organization and navigation and use of information. And we don't need to give a student an overview of a discipline. We need to say, what does this discipline do? And if we just think about 100 courses as that, as what does this discipline do, then we might reimagine our class, right? So, you know, I like to think about my intro to anthropology class. That was my under undergraduate major. And I love anthropology. I still think it's probably one of the top two most important degrees we, uh, or er ways of thinking that we should support in higher education, given the diversity of cultures within the United States and the potential global exchanges that we're navigating. They're just such great questions. But I remember that class. I don't know, you know, I haven't been in one, of course, in 20 years, right? But I remember that class as being a history of the field. And that's cool. It's really interesting understanding the linguistic component, the cultural component, the archaeological component, and even the uh, physiological components, right? Those are great. But I'd rather do that at the 200 level and really think at 100 level, 
what is a day as an anthropologist? Now, practically speaking, that's going to have to mostly be in the cultural anthropology realm. But there's so much we could do. We could sit with the students and say, okay, here are just a couple of starting questions for anthropologists, what they do. And here are, you know, two people that have written about that. So what question should we develop together that we would like to answer this semester that anthropology can help us answer? Now let's construct together a project around that. And in the process of constructing that project, we'll pull some tools about research together. We'll also go and deal with the navigation of the library resources that deal, deal with that because they're going to need to find a little more source material than your introduction. But just enough to build a baby project, and a beginner project. Make that project mean they have to interact with each other probably interact with some community members and build an answer to that beginner question so that by the end of the class, they understand at least an overview of what might be compelling about anthropology, what might be a beginning toolkit that they want to follow up with that now is really well informed by the history of the field that they're ready to do, and what next questions they might want to ask, right? So there's a lot less passivity in that model than the history and overview. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not eliminating that part of it. I just think it's level two. I think level one is the doing and the getting passionate or the ruling out, right? Maybe I, I, this is really cool stuff, but I don't want to do it. I'm really much more interested in how statistics can answer questions, right? Whatever. But if we just take that moment, we might communicate to our students that they actually can drive the questions because they help construct it, that there is application in everything, okay? Not just in anthropology and psychology and biology, but there's application in literature and in philosophy and in history and in music and art, and so that they understand that this isn't a disconnected universe where we read about things and later we do, but that it's always intertwined and integrated. But most importantly at all, that they're coming up with the questions. This is hard for faculty, by the way, because they have to respond as the questions emerge instead of just prep for the course, right? But it's also really fun because my faculty are well-educated. They know their fields. They're capable. And in fact, some of them already do this. I'm not inventing something brand new. I have this going on. I just think maybe we want to take it as an overall philosophy, not just in pockets, right? To just sort of let it be, let it grow, let it blossom through the dialogue. And then I think by the 200 and the 300 level courses, our students will be much more self-directed and they'll have a way to interpret the history and the emerging research in really good ways because they've touched it themselves. I'd love for us to really, really talk about this more deeply. I plan to be talking with our CELT group about how we might pilot some of this in the coming years if faculty are amenable to it, but I just think it might be the transition our students really need and it could be an exciting way for us to welcome them to college education. If you want to hear more from Dr. Missy Alexander, read her weekly blog. It's called From the Provost's Office. It's available everywhere you can find a blog. And uh, just Google Dr. Missy Alexander. It'll come up. And she will give you more ideas about what she's thinking about this week.
WCSU 411 is brought to you by the MyWCSU app, currently being used by host Paul Steinmetz to find upcoming events. That's right, and it's working damn well, too. <laughs> nice. As a student, you can also use that to uh, get your email, your Blackboard, all in one place. You've heard about this app. Don't pretend you haven't. Just sign up. Get it. Now we're joined by our co-host, Chantel Williams, recorded live here in the basement of White Hall on the Midtown campus. She's going to give us all the events that are coming up that uh, everyone should be going to. <laughs> yes, everyone should be going to these events because we got a lot of good ones coming up. Um, so let's just get right on to it. So Thursday, September 19th, um, the American Red Cross will hold their first blood drive, I think, for this semester. Um, it will be taking place from noon to 5.30 p.m. in the Midtown Student Center, and I believe the Nurses Association is a part of that. Um, and we were just discussing how important it is to <laughs> give blood, and I, I said to myself, I never I never gave blood willingly. <laughs> so maybe this time I'm going to stop by and, and try it and um, because it will go to people, of course, who need the blood and things like that. And you never know when a family member or yourself, God forbid, will be in that position. So um, it's always good to give back and things like that. Yeah. Exactly. There yeah. also is one on the West Side campus on the 18th, mm -hmm. Wednesday 18th, and then on the 25th also on the Midtown yes. campus. So just in case you don't make it to that one, there's other options. That's right. <laughs> I'll be keeping an eye out for yes. you. I'll be at the 25th. <laughs> Okay. So you should uh, expect next week we'll talk about how you uh, went and gave Wait, blood. Yes. <laughs> so I have many opportunities. So I'm yes. sure you're going to catch me on one of those I opportunities. Going, yeah. So I'm yes, I'm going to I'm going to try it out this year. So yes, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make up my mind and I'm gonna right. try it. It'll be good. I think so too. Okay. So the Newman Center is um, giving away uh, free pantry baskets from three to four that same day on Thursday. So after you give blood, go treat yourself to uh, a basket of mm -hmm. nice treats and everything. I remember um, when I when it was like freshman year and they first started doing it. Um, they used to give like the bags are like filled with pop tarts, cereal. Um, Oodles and noodles, <laughs> like, which is ramen noodles. <laughs> we call them oodles and noodles. So, <laughs> so it's filled with a lot of good treats and things like that. And it's so nice that they like put these baskets together. And it's just you don't have to spend your money and things like that because we are all struggling college students, mm -hmm. as we know. And we all get hungry in the middle of the night while we're studying and things like that. So it's nice that they put these baskets together. So Thursday, after giving blood, when your arm feels a little weak, just go over there, grab the bags, yeah. and go and um, get some treats. And, again, that's from 3 to four and the Newman at the Newman Center and for those of you who don't know where the Newman Center is located it's located on Midtown uh, campus and it's right across from Newberry Hall so that's um, yeah, on 8th that Avenue yes so it's right there you should see a bunch of people coming in and out and that's what they're that's what they're getting on sugar highs <laughs> yes <laughs> but they have like a lot of great trees and I, I I'm really happy that they're continuing to do that because it was really helpful. Like I literally had snacks to last me a whole semester, so it was really nice, and I didn't have to buy basically anything. So that was nice to have. So you eat pop tarts? I do. Mm. I like pop tarts. I like the strawberry kind. I like the Oreo kind. Uh, I don't really like the brown sugar, but everyone likes the brown sugar and cinnamon. I don't. I don't know why. It just has like a funny taste. Mm -hmm. And then now they came out with cupcake ones. I don't know. That might be a little too sweet. Um, 
And now they come up with mini pop tarts, so it's kind of like yeah, yeah. I think those are cute. They look cute, you know. And you always like see, you know, the commercials where like the pop tarts are eating like like yeah. yeah, So I like the commercial for the pop tarts, but I do I like I but I need to try like different ones because I always get the strawberry or the Oreo. I never get any other kind. So maybe they'll have a different variety for me. Oreo (laughs) sounds kind of gross. I didn't know that. Oreo, it's actually really good. So like the crust is actually like the Oreo, like and then the. The filling inside is just like the filling as like an Oreo, so it's just literally it's, it's a giant so Oreo good. Cookie. Yeah, yeah. And do you toast it too? I do, <laughs> and it's the best with milk. Oh my, it's it's so good. I, I wouldn't recommend eating in the morning. Yeah, yeah. no, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> eating in the morning. Okay. This will be like kind of like a midnight snack, kind of like a dessert mm-hmm. type of snack because I wouldn't recommend like usually pop tarts you can eat in the morning and go. I wouldn't recommend that because it's a little too heavy. So mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah. that's the only thing. <laughs> All right, it's I really accept good. That. Yeah. <laughs> so I, th- that's something you can try. I'll <laughs> I'll bring you one when All I get right, my blood yeah. drawn. I'll be like, here you go. You know, <laughs> try Oreo <laughs> Pop Tart. Um, so Coffee House will be hosting Thursday at 8 p.m. You can come out to the Colonial Corner, and that's on Midtown also. And uh, this past week, I know they had a coffee house, and I heard the turnout was great. They had a lot of good poets and singers and things like that. So um, just come out. And if you have a talent that you think you would like to broadcast, um, well, I would say recommend the coffee house. It's a good way also for like theater majors. If you feel like a little nervous about an upcoming performance, it's good practice as well. I feel like because it's like, a, yeah, it's like a good, um, intimate crowd, um, a, a non judgmental crowd. So it's not like you're being judged on anything and they just want to hear like your talent. So it's a good way of practice and try to get over like the little bubbles that you have mm-hmm. or, you know, the little nerves that you may have. So I always like recommend that. I don't know. Like I always think, you know, do a little small performance. Before the big performance to see how well, you know, you do. So, How did you do house. that when you were a dancer? Um, in front of my friends. Oh, oh okay. or maybe practice. Because a lot of the times our practice were closed, but there were just still a lot of people, like, around. So um, a lot of the times, especially when we practice on the field, it's easy for you, like, for everyone to see. So that was kind of like our mini, like, mm. performance in, in front of, like, you know, unwanted people, but they were there anyway to kind of look at us. And I'm like, please don't look at us. This is practice. But uh, when it comes close to time to the game, I kind of like that because it kind of got me to adjust to like being seen and everything. And I had like, I had one traumatic but good experience um, in high school. It was my first time being on a dance team and our coach, she was actually a senior at the time. She made us go out. Mind you, I was I was a sophomore, so I was just, like, so scared. Da, da, da. So she had us go outside. Football practice was going on. There was, like, track. There was, like, a lot of people outside. She made us go outside and practice. Mm. And we had to do it one by one. We couldn't do it with a partner. We had to do it one by one. Now, she wasn't aware that people had, like, anxiety. So, like, one girl almost had, like, a mini, mini like, panic attack. But at the end, we got over it. So and our performance went very well. So I'm kind of grateful for that experience because I think it's just a good way to – so you're not, like, so shocked when it comes time for the actual performance. So now, you know, it's nothing when you're in front of the actual crowd. So You weren't yeah. the one having the panic attack. No, I was like, because I was really nervous, but I'm like, okay, I'd rather do a good job, you know, in front of everyone than to, like, mess up. So I just, I had to put my nerves to the side, kind of, and I was like, all right, just give it, like, this is your time to shine, kind of, because people are looking they don't kind of know what's going on. So 
and they don't know if you mess up or not. They don't know the routine. That's one thing I tell dancers all the time. They don't know the routine. Mm-hmm. You know the routine. You know if you messed up, so it can show on your face. But if you just keep going, they'll probably think it's a part of the dance. So sure. um, that's one of the tips that one of the best tips that I have gotten from my dance coaches is just like keep going, even if you mess up, create a different move. They don't know that, <laughs> you know. So does that work if you fall down too? Um, if you fall down, you're gonna have to play it off very well. Now there was one. There was one time an individual in our dance team fell down but she played it off so well she created a whole nother move so everyone thought there was a solo part (laughs) i said you know what you got to get creative you know you can't because if you fall and you're just standing there everyone's gonna know okay she messed up but if you fall and you you do a roll into a split or something like you start flipping around no one's gonna know you know so that's my um best advice so yeah the coffee house can be kind of like that you Mm -hmm. know like your your lead way (laughs) to the big performance and it's also just nice to hear your peers and everything like that perform so there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here. Yes, a lot of talent. So that's always good. Um, Friday, September twentieth, um, we're having an e cookbook challenge. Uh, the student center on Midtown, I believe, is teamed up with Sodexo. Um, I'm thinking if you have like a recipe or anything, you have a favorite recipe and you think you make it the best, it's like a challenge. So they're putting it into a cookbook, and I believe the chefs are going to cook it up and see like what people like the most. Hmm. So that's always a good thing, and they're trying. Sodexo really wants to get um, the community involved, get all of WCSU involved with the process of our food because we are the ones consuming the food so they love to hear our feedback um and also a fun fact that i learned about sodexo um they do like catering outside of the school mm. we learned that during our um leadership like president and leadership uh, uh meeting that we had and so they do catering they did like a wedding and they did someone's baby shower and i had no idea i thought it was just like you know wcsu yeah and then she was like um elena from w from sodexo said that we're able to come in. If we have any ingredients or recipes that you think will make the dish better, we're able to come in, sit down with her, talk to her. So they're very open to, like, um, helping us, like, with our meals and everything like that. And that's something I didn't know. And so I like to spread it to everyone else because we're constantly having events, all the clubs and things like that. So it's good to get that information out there. And, yeah, uh, that is you good know, to know. Sit down. Yeah, sit down with Sodexo and maybe create a whole nother menu. You never know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, so they're having that cookbook challenge. So if you think you have a recipe or anything, give it to them. And we'll see. <laughs> Are you we'll see submitting how... a recipe? I don't. I, I, I'm not. No. Mm. I don't really have, like, a distinct recipe, I feel like. I just know how to cook well. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have, like, a special recipe to anything. It's just, like, I don't know. Second nature. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if it's anything special. I think it's just the way I, I don't know. <laughs> if you're a good cook, shouldn't you be bringing food into these recordings? Uh, yeah, sessions. yeah, so you know, that's true. Them. I should break something in. You know, I will. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna break something in probably the end of the semester. The thing Do we is, have I have to wait that long. Yeah, hmm. I've been busy, so you know, I have to, <laughs> I have to plan. Listen, it's gonna be a thought out meal, so, okay. so I just gotta let it marinate in my head, see, you know, what would Paul like <laughs> and see, and I'll bring it in for you guys, and then we can have like a mini cookbook challenge here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's see. right. Good, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, Let's see. Oh, seven on seven flag football. Um, the sign up will end Friday, September 20th, and it's a five week long session. So it begins Monday, the 23rd. Um, so if you want to get a team seven on seven flag football, I would love to. This is my secret. Like I my brother used to play flag football and I used to be so jealous because I wanted to play. And my dad was like, you're not playing flag football. I don't understand why. Yeah. I think I would have been very well. <laughs> like, yep. I, I did very well, but. It's fine, but um, there's a seven on seven tournament going on. So, and I loved. I went last year to see it. And it was it was fun. A lot of the 
you know, friends on the team and things like that. So if you have a team and you would like to sign up, Sign up by this Friday, by the 20th. <laughs> and now your dad doesn't know, right? He when doesn't, you... so I could secretly do it, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think I secretly do it. All I got to do is get a team together, but you never know. <laughs> you know, I got to live it out a little bit when I did Powerpuff, but that was, a, that was it. That was just my junior year, so... I'll try it. Let's see. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but, yes, if you're interested in doing the 7-on-7 sign up, go to, um, I believe, you can go to the student Berkshire or you can go on my site to sign up for it as long as you have your team and all the information together. I believe all you need is your student ID, um, your team sign-ups, like, so each member um, of the team, uh, maybe a team name, that, that would be good. <laughs> and um, yeah. you guys should be good to go. And it starts that Monday, the 23rd. So I think that should be at the 830. If you do sign up, don't tell your dad I had anything to do with oh, no. it. I don't want to get on his back. <laughs> well, he's going to listen to the podcast. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I decided to try something new. <laughs> he won't know. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also happening Friday the 20th is Western Day of Service. Um, so that is, this is a great time for Western because the campus is basically shut down. All clubs, organizations, offices any student individual students we all get together in the morning and we um meet i believe in front of fairfield Mm -hmm. or yeah in that area we take a a group picture we get nice shirts and then we go off in the greater danbury area and we volunteer at different places so that's really good i don't know clubs do it together offices and then you can just join any anyone so um, they're canceling classes that morning so everybody everybody can go yeah and it's really good you know it, volunteer work is always something well, but it's better to do it in the community in which our school is based at. This community gives us a lot, so it's only right that we give something back. Mm. So, um, so yeah. So I think, um, and I did it. Partic- I participated last year with BSU, and it was very fun. We went to, I believe it was the elementary school or middle school. Um, it's right by West Side. I can't think of that. School. Oh yeah, the elementary school. Yes, but, and oh, no, it's um, a middle school. Hmm. Is it a middle school? I can't remember which one it is. But, um, and we planted like these trees. So I I can't wait to see how well they like grew and everything like that. But they were just so grateful for our help and they were just so thankful for it. And I was, it was a, it was a nice experience. So, and you're going to be there this year? Yes, I am. I don't know where I'm going to be volunteering at, but I will be there with my clubs and we will be somewhere either painting, gardening whatever they got us doing at the time. Um, and again, it's just a fun experience. You can put this on your resume, and it's just good to give back to the community. So I'm all for it. Um, did they finally can... have the Clubs Carnival? They did. Hmm. Okay, so here's what happened with Clubs Carnival. So you know how it was originally placed outside, and mm-hmm. then it got rained out. So they had it again on Wednesday, but the rain was coming, so they moved it inside. So that was a good thing. So they had it at Berkshire Gym. Um, it was very fun. I heard there was a dance contest. I missed that part because I was in class. But there was and like a, a dance competition. I know. There was a dance competition. Um, all the clubs were there. It was really fun. Everyone was there in a circle. The DJ was there. We had nice food. They had nachos, donuts, a whole bunch of food for us. Plus, um, every club had their candy, had their own like giveaways <laughs> and things like that. So it was nice. So I hope everyone got a chance to stop by. And I did get a shirt. I was very happy I got a shirt in my size because usually (laughs) 
I, do, I get a shirt in like an extra large yeah. and I only wear it to bed because I'm just like, I can't wear this outside. No. So, um, but I was able to get a shirt in my size and it was, it was nice. It was nice seeing all the clubs. So I hope everyone got a chance to stop by and, you know, sign up and, you know. Did you sign up a lot of new members for your clubs? Yes, you? yes. And yeah, I'm excited because we're going to see them all today yeah. um, at our first club meeting. That's so, excellent. yeah, I'm excited. Um, it, it's just, again, it's a great opportunity to get involved. So I'm hoping everyone, and then if you wasn't able to make it for this semester, there is, another one uh for spring so plus you can all s sign up in the middle of the yeah semester, you can right? you can sign up anytime for a club <laughs> this the clubs carnival is just a good way to see all clubs all the variety of clubs but if you ever want to get any information on any club you can go to the wcsu page you can go look under csi and then they have a tab called presence and all of the clubs that are fall like at wcsu you can see you can see the members um, the events coming up, mm. they have flyers in there, the president, vice president, and they have contact information in there as well. So if you don't really know if you want to join or you don't know what time the meeting dates are, give the contact, you know, give the contact a phone call or whatever, you know, just see um, when's their meeting and then you can meet with them. Yeah. And you should get the My WCSU app too because yes. that has all that Yes, stuff. and it has all the information as well. And it will actually, it has like the the link to, to presence so yeah so mm. it's it's right on there so all That's of great. that information and then look on the wow as well mm -hmm. because all of the clubs send in their events and things like that and now that's starting to pick up a lot of the clubs are starting to have their first meetings and things like that um you should be getting like a lot of events so it's good the you know? wow comes by email too yes. so don't ignore it right 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 because you know a lot of times um the students are like oh well, we don't know what's going on and we don't know when this and that there's a lot of information out there you just got to use your resources that we have and we have a lot of resources so not only are flyers posted around the campus but you have the app you have um the internet <laughs> you have the wow you have a lot so and you have the podcast as well so um, and if anyone know. sees you they can ask you yeah i mean, I may not know all the details, but I can I, I can direct you in the right, right. like the right <laughs> the right place. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot mm. going on. So yeah, that should be exciting. So I can be I can come back next week and tell you how the first meeting went. Yeah, I'm and um, to that. yeah, so I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a great, right. great year. Yeah. Thanks for all <laughs> those great events in that roundup. Thank and you. And uh, we'll see you at the blood drive. Yes. Okay. With my Thanks, pop Thank you, Pete Puccio, for all the engineering on this podcast, and to Scott Volpe, our grumpy producer. <laughs> to our listeners, please subscribe, keep listening every week so you know what's happening here on campus. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and this is WCSU 411.